0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sonic Collective, and for the month of June, we are reviewing Marilyn Manson's album Mechanical Animals. With me as always, I have Scott Gregory, Scott Coates, and Darren Scott.
1: Aloha. Hello. How are you
0: guys doing? All right. Great. Um, this was my pick for the month, and I guess um, I'll just kind of do a quick recap of why I chose it before we start the review. Uh, I've been on a bit uh, of an industrial metal kick lately and I thought how many people actually appreciate this art form like I, I feel like I'm the only one of my friends who really listens to it and so I wanted to see if I could find an album that would maybe be a little bit accessible as sort of like a a test case for you know whether or not people could enjoy it and I thought Mechanical Animals seemed like a good choice just because um it's it's kind of got some radio friendliness to it. It's catchy, and it's by an artist that most people have heard of. So uh, there wasn't a whole lot of thought process beyond that. Um, but, yeah, let's dive in. Uh, Scott Coates, why don't you start?
2: All right. Um, you know, as a DJ back in the time when Marilyn Manson came on the scene, I kind of first knew of him through you know, the beautiful people and his cover of sweet dreams, which I never liked sweet dreams, but I did like the beautiful people. And I'd heard, you know, like the dope show and I don't like the drugs. And I think rock is dead on the matrix soundtrack. But aside from that, I don't think I've ever actually listened to like an entire Marilyn Manson album. And a couple things came to mind. One, I'm really surprised that this guy has stood the test of time. Like you figure now he's been like 25, 30 years, been putting out kind of, you know, albums around the world and his style and his whole persona really seems like someone or something that probably should have just been a flash in the pan, right? Which, which it isn't. And I didn't really think I would like a whole album by him because, you know, sweet dreams didn't really stick to me. And well, I think he's highly intelligent and I've enjoyed seeing interviews of him. I was like, oh, I don't think his musical appeal that much, but I'd say overall, I kind of really liked how this float is an album and I've, I think we've all talked a lot about kind of how albums in the past, the length of albums and the choice of the songs in the order. And I found that like the pacing and the tempo of these songs kind of really flowed like a traditional album. They were put into an order for a certain reason. Um, I really like the dope show. I mean, I know it was a single, but it plays ahead in my, Head Like an Earworm, Mechanical Animals is good. And I always feel like when I hear that, it, it should be a song on a soundtrack where an action star is taking out enemies in slow motion. Um, Rock is Dead is great. I think probably, you know, resonates from the Matrix days. I didn't really like where he gets into like electronic kind of stuff, like with post-human. I thought it kind of, I didn't like him trying to take on the electronic stuff. Um, the speed of pain rounds out the album, but it's a little bit slow and soft for my taste, you know. And and I guess at the end it, it all sort of slows down. Like new model 15 cranks it up again, but then you kind of get fundamentally loathsome, what really wasn't my bag, and then last day on earth and coma white. Kind of end on a pretty dark, slow finish. Would have appreciated a bit of a faster finish, but. Yeah, overall, I mean, I, I did enjoy listening to this more than I thought. It, it's got a hell of a lot of depth to it, and I think it's a pretty neat timestamp of kind of, you know, the grunge meets industrial era. So, yeah, interesting pick and
1: and pretty pretty solid album.
0: Scotty G, what about you?
1: Well, um, yeah, this was an interesting one for me. When I first was listening to it, I mean, I was very familiar with the uh, with the singles. You know, like, Rock is Dead is my favorite Marilyn Manson single, like, ever, mostly based on the guitar rips. Uh, But I think Dope Show and Don't Like the Drugs, uh, their bass lines are sick. You know, I can't think of a a better bass line off the top of my head, uh, nor would I want to try and find one. Um, I'm kind of like uh, Scott as well, too. You know, um, I found the middle part of the album kind of slow, and it falls off a little bit, considering how polished the other ones are. Uh, yeah, I don't know, what really got me was uh, about halfway through the month, I, I actually stopped and went and decided to look at a bit of the history and stuff, and I found out this is actually a rock opera album, uh, and, and I went back and started listening to it again uh, with that ear, and, and I, I think I appreciated it a little bit more. I I started focusing more on the story and the transitions and stuff like that, uh, and yeah, it got it got a lot better for me when I started trying to change how I was approaching it. Um, I don't know, like I listened to a lot of industrial, a lot of synth uh, through the 80s and into the 90s, and I was thinking of other, you know, like you can see the influence of Ministry, KMFDM, Skinny Puppy, and all that going into this, and then you think of other albums that were coming out from bands like Nine Inch Nails, My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, Garbage. Uh, I hear gravity kills all over this thing. And um, and, and I think I enjoyed it uh, in clusters of the songs. And overall, uh, I think you know the shock value, it's not really there anymore. But then you got to think that wasn't really happening in the mainstream when he came along and he was kind of forcing it on us so I got to give them some points for that just trying to look back to the context of it um yeah my favorite rock opera though is still Meatloaf Bad Out of Hell uh props to our previous uh (laughs) our previous review terrible and uh (laughs) and and, yeah I think the worst thing that happened for this album well the best thing that happened for this album for me was when uh the lyrics I'm not in love but I'm going to fuck you till somebody better comes along that reminded me of my 20s. Uh, but <laughs> then, you know, Spotify, the second Sorry? this album ends, it always played Judith by Perfect Circle. And uh, and then I remembered that Maynard is actually my favorite Freaky Weird dude. So uh, while I enjoyed it, I feel like any given thing that he did, there was someone else I could name that was doing it better in isolation but I don't think anyone was bringing it together like he was at this point in experimenting and playing and so yeah I enjoy the album on, on that basis points to come later cool yeah I'll, I'll jump in a bit here now it's Darren
3: and um, yeah you know I, I, it was interesting because I realized he signed on Trent, Trent Reznor's uh, label from Nine Inch Nails and the first few albums were very heavy Reznor influenced uh, which is great mm. Reznor's a genius But in this one, he actually moved away from Reznor and didn't have him help. Um, Apparently, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins consults. I don't know if you read that uh, in there. uh, But uh, Madonna Wayne Gacy, one of the other Merrill Manson band members, basically just said he was a pretentious asshole. And uh, just thought he was Brian Eno and was too cool for school and didn't think he actually added any value. Um, But I I thought... uh, like the one thing I appreciate about any musician and even my next pick that I picked this month, I won't say it here because we usually don't do that, although it's already live, but um, is, is, is somebody that's pushing music and, and trying to push it in a new direction. So, I mean, uh, you know, and I think Alan, you referred to it in your uh, introduction and the selection was, it's really a mix of kind of glam, industrial and electronic. So it's just like, take what they were doing in industrial and then go back in time and add a little like, Uh, Bowie in his uh, Aladdin Sane and Ziggy Stardust era and then modernize it with a little more EDM sound, but you still have that industrial and that heavy alt rock sound. Uh, You know, I thought I was pushing it. It's definitely a concept album and it's meaty. Like if you want to dive into really the trilogy of his albums or actually his whole portfolio, but there's just so much. There's a lot of thought around how he designed the songs. Um, Basically, there's 14 songs. Seven songs were done by the Omega character, which was the one on the cover, which he said is a substance-addicted, gender-ambiguous, alien messiah called Omega. And then the Alpha was basically Marilyn Manson. So it was just kind of him, and then he would play back and forth. And even the songs, if, if you were listening, um, you can tell who's singing if it's Alpha or Omega. There's actually a change in tone and vocalization and how the songs are composed, and so they're playing off each other. So, I mean, and I think you mentioned that, Scott Gregory, as you went back in, you noticed that, that, that the, kind of there's a bit more of a story there. So even though maybe you don't love all the songs, kind of the, the package that they're trying to put together there, um, and I think, Alan, you said too uh, in a little tidbit in the, your show notes from the uh, selection was, that really this is part of the trilogy. There was the uh, Hollywood album, Mechanical Animals, and Antichrist Superstar, and they're actually, um, he kind of says it's basically the Marilyn Manson story, or the Brian E. Warner story, it's his real name, um, but going backwards order. So it would actually listen to Antichrist Superstar, Mechanical Animals, and then end at Hollywood and that that that's kind of how they would go together so I mean I didn't take the time to listen to them that Mm -hmm. way but I found that really interesting I really like this album I am an industrial fan I think going back and getting in maybe uh, a little uh, in the pop scene through Depeche Mode when I was younger and things like that and also an album actually you picked Alan which I appreciated back at that time like so I I like the scene I really like this album I have fond memories of Marilyn Manson and Scott's right I, I was also in the bar scene around that time and Definitely remember all these songs being played, especially in like uh, you know some of the heavier, more rock clubs, like you know the warehouse or back alley here uh-huh. in Calgary. You would hear those kind of songs. Um, the back alley,
0: <laughs> yeah, the back alley, yeah, yeah, yeah. good <laughs> yeah. times. Eh?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, Alan, let's just kick it over to you. See what you, can, what, what you thought. Sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, when this album first came out, um, I gave it some of my time and attention for a little while, and I remember being pretty disappointed with it back then because um, I had heard Antichrist Superstar prior to this one, and I just, um, I think the appeal was kind of lost on me back then. But listening to it now, um, all these years later, and having developed a little bit more of a robust taste for different genres of music, and particularly like the, the history of the industrial music scene, I can really see where the influences came from um, that... Uh, I think a couple of you guys kind of touched on, like Depeche Mode and Ministry and, and whatnot. Um, I actually really liked the, uh, the slower songs, like Disassociative and uh, Coma White specifically. Mm-hmm. Those, those ended up actually resonating with me a whole lot more than the, uh, the sort of fast-paced um, singles, like Rock is Dead that you had mentioned, Mechanical Animals, The Dope Show. Um, yeah, those, those kind of were the ones that landed more with me which I thought was kind of interesting because back when I was 15 or 16 they bored me and I, I would always hit the, the forward button on the old CD player there so yeah I think the album aged really well uh, I'm, it seems like you guys liked it maybe not as much as as me but um, mm-hmm. that's encouraging because I honestly wasn't sure uh, what anyone would think <laughs> figured maybe it would receive a, an eye roll from you guys so uh, yeah yeah Let's let's get into the points. Darren, why don't you start us off with the points?
3: Sure, sure. As mentioned, I, I really like Marilyn Manson. I like this album. You know, I I think I go in a lot of different music genres, so I think in the influence area at a 5, I think I'm at a 3.5, I mean, just for me personally. Um, it's definitely a very influential album, though, so I mean, like on that, it's probably like a 4.5. You think about future artists that appreciated what Manson did, you know, here in the 90s when we're still recovering from the Reagan era and all this music and realize this album was banned uh, Walmart and things wouldn't take it uh, at the time Uh, recommended. I'm a 4.5 there. I, I think pretty much everybody should listen to it. I think it's a good staple in that. If you're kind of, Uh, The next generation of industrial, like kind of moving on from the skinny puppy and the early Nine Inch Nails and kind of seeing where Marilyn Manson kind of took it and how he added a twist, uh, I think is amazing. Uh, Overall, I think it's coming in at a four for me. I really like that. I could probably even go a bit higher, but I mean, I I really like this album. I thought it was a great pick, so good for me. What about you, Scott Coates? Um,
2: I'll give it like overall, I think a three and a half. I wouldn't yep. find myself probably listening to the whole album often, although there's some tracks I really like. Recommend it. Yeah, I'll give it a four because I think to really understand the next steps from grunge and industrial. And again, this guy, like, he, his whole shtick, and, and that should have really probably not lasted more than five years. But he's obviously, there's depth there, and he's still putting it out, and he's still relevant. Uh, influence my taste, I'll give it a three, five, you know, because I think I am a little more likely to, maybe go back to some Tool again, or Perfect Circle, and actually listen to another Manson album. I realized that a couple of years ago when Heaven Upside Down in 2017 came out, I listened to that a couple times. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this, um, Alan, what is the next Manson album I should listen to after this one, do you think?
0: Uh, that's a really good question. I think, um, kind of to go back to, uh, to Darren's point a little bit and Scott's point about it being a rock opera, this is the middle part of a trilogy. And I chose this one specifically because I felt it was probably going to be the more accessible one for the mainstream audience. So um, I would start at Hollywood, I think, because it's sort of a trilogy in reverse. So start with Hollywood, then Mechanical Animals, and then finish on um, Antichrist Superstar.
2: Okay. I am going to listen to Hollywood, and I noticed there's no notable singers there or singles there. So, yeah, I mean, solid. Recommend it. I'll probably go back to some of those songs, uh, an interesting listen.
3: Wicked. Scott Gregory. Um,
1: as far as influence goes, I'll probably put it at like a, a three. I At the time, I was listening to like White Zombie and Garbage and some of the more radio-friendly side of things. Uh, I think as I go back to Alan's point, I don't think I would go back and listen to like Garbage and as much White Zombie as uh and enjoyed as much as i did getting into the meat of this i think this is a more mature album that is uh you know it's aged much better than a lot of those i think it survives kind of that 90s vibe that it was born into that transition period and and plays forward so recommend is going to be a five uh and you probably recommend the entire trilogy really uh start to finish on it and, and yeah, overall, I think I'll put it in as a as a four. I did enjoy it. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more once I suddenly realized the mode that I should be listening to it in. Uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully our listeners are now prepared to really listen to it totally. with the right ear as well.
0: All right. Well, um, awesome. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would having kind of re-explored it after 15 years or whatever. Um so yeah, I'm going to give it probably a four for just overall. I will give it a five for recommendation. I mean, obviously I did recommend it to our little group here, but I, I do think it plays an important role in um, the progression of mainstream hard rock and industrial music. So uh, this one's a good one to, to share with anyone who's kind of getting into it and doesn't know where to start. And in fact, I met someone the other day who... Learned that I liked Industrial and asked me that very question, so this album was the first one on my list that I recommended. Hmm. Uh, what criteria am I missing here? I'm forgetting.
3: Uh, influence, recommend, overall. Inf-
0: right, okay. So yeah, it, it also influenced me to uh, to go back and check out the other two albums. Oh, sorry, not sure if I cut out there. Uh, the It influenced me to check out the other two albums in the trilogy, kind of back to front. Which I wouldn't have probably otherwise done, because uh, they all sound kind of different sonically. But knowing that it actually does tell a story, and to Scott's point, looking at it from that frame, uh, I think you'll uh, you'll probably get a little bit more out of it, and just casually listening to it, listening to it as you know, just another musical journey or whatever. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. I get a kick too, and maybe people, you know, probably most know this, but maybe don't. Like, even how, like, people like Marilyn Manson, his name is Brian U. Warner, but the entire band, they took uh, basically a female sex symbol and a serial killer and combined their names. And that's how the whole band is named, which is kind of fun. And I think I said earlier, like, Madonna Wayne Gacy, and obviously he's Marilyn Manson. I forget. Uh, Twiggy
0: I Ramirez, yeah, Twiggy Ramirez.
3: Yeah, uh, Twiggy Ramirez, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he was very influenced by Bowie and Kiss. And one and quick story before we go is uh, he was put in religious school, and he said, said when he's in religious school they were literally like, and of course he's like, I actually the same age as me. He was in school in the '80s, and they're telling him like this is the music that's banned and and the devil, and you should never listen to. And he would like jot it down, and he would go listen to all those albums, and that's like who only who he listened to was whatever they told him in <laughs> religious school not to listen to.
0: That sounds very relatable yeah. as a kid who grew up religious.
3: <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, I think
2: a lot of kids can relate to that kind of stuff. I, but, yeah. um, I also, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I always think back to like great speakers, and one of them was Marilyn Manson. I remember years ago, like twenty five years ago, he was on Much Music, on something called like Too Much for Much, and it was exploring our. Know, <laughs> artists responsible for you know kids killing themselves and stuff like that and this woman he was a guest on the panel and a woman got up and was really angry and yelled something along the lines of like do you consider yourself responsible for this boy that killed himself and he without missing a beat he goes do you blame hootie and the blowfish for having a boring life and immediately i was just like wow this is this is a smart guy like this guy i don't doubt believe some of what he does but it's a bit of an act and he's a smart smart guy
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, if you're gonna check uh, out his music, check out his interviews as well, too, everyone, because he was at war.
0: Yeah, almost but he was always on the defensive
1: career, and he gave as good as but, enough, you know. You, enough, yeah, enough. yeah, mostly.
0: Yeah, which which I think just kind of makes him more of an antihero oh, yeah. when you see his witty retorts and he's, you know, people people lump him into uh, they pigeonhole him a little bit, and I think f- unfairly. So. When he comes back and uh, with these witty retorts or you know logic-based explanations of his perspective, uh, it kind of makes his opposition sound dumb and intolerant, which I really appreciate.
3: <laughs> yeah, totally. I'd Also, as usual, if I've been you doing, I also would very recommend for an album like this uh, experiencing legal cannabis. <laughs> uh, newest train I tried was by the Colors Cannabis Company, and it's Ghost Train Haze, and it is amazing. It was a really good ride. It just made it sound even better, especially when he's in the Omega character.
0: We should, uh, uh, and we be- should go for uh, a sponsorship deal here, I think. This is funny.
3: <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, the 420 premium market in that. Yeah. Uh, hmm.
0: uh, there you go. Oh, no. I think
1: Darren would smoke all of our profits. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe. And that's okay.
1: <laughs> or eat it. And that's or okay.
2: All right, guys.
3: Alan, any other? No, I
0: just uh, – I really hope people – I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I hope other people will take the opportunity to take a listen and let us know what you think in our comments. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Twitter. We're all over the place. You can find us everywhere. So – Dive in, let us know what you think. And um, Darren's already posted his pick for next month. We're a little bit delayed here with this review. But, uh, yeah, take a look. Check back at the end. of
3: Yeah, go to the thesoniccollective.com.
0: Yeah. Sonic Soniccollective.com. Yeah. But until we review that album, we're signing off for now. So thanks for joining us.